Hello, beloved, and welcome to our weekly Bible study. And in our Bible study for this week, we are going to look at or continue with pictures of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, as you know, is spirit. Now, God is spirit. God is not a spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not a spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. As the Father is spirit, and as the Son is spirit, the Holy Spirit is also spirit. Now, what God has done for us in Scripture is amazing. Because what he did was he basically gave us some pictures to help us to understand who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And that's what we are looking at in these uh, Bible studies that we are doing. Before we continue, though, let's just have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name. And thank you so much that we can look at your word and see the pictures that you've given us with regards to the Spirit, so that we can get to know Him better, and so that we can understand His work better. Uh, so, Father, we pray, please open up our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, and enable me as your servant to teach your people, so that at the end of the day we may all be edified and gain knowledge and, um, and wisdom and insight into your Word about who the Holy Spirit is. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now... Another picture or a picture that the Holy Spirit gives us, uh, if we had to quickly go back to, to last time, uh, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is like a dove. Remember that one? And the Holy Spirit is like clothes that we put on. Right, that, those are the two pictures that we've looked at already. Now, in this picture, we see uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, we see that the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. All right, so picture that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 says, How now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Verse 22, Who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So we receive the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. A guarantee of what? Obviously a guarantee of our salvation. A guarantee that we belong to, 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 the, to God. Ne? That God has anointed us in, in Christ. All right, That we are established in Christ. So the Holy Spirit basically seals us. And the Holy Spirit is that guarantee that we belong to God. 2 Corinthians 5.5 5 says the following. It says, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. It's actually a very beautiful picture of this, that we have received the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Beloved, so we see that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. We receive the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Now, the Greek word translated guarantee, I believe it is important. It basically means a down payment, like the, the first installment 
you know, a deposit that promises that there is more to come. When we buy a vehicle, when we buy a home or whatever, and we have to pay a, a deposit, what we do is we pay the deposit and then we, we might even pay the first installment, uh, which means that it is this deposit that we pay is a promise that the agreement that we have with whoever we, we made the agreement with, that we are basically going to pay the other installments as well. Right, and that's what the Holy Spirit is. This Greek word, basically translated um, guarantee, is that. It's a down payment. Uh, uh, Let's say a first installment, a deposit that promises more that will come. Now, the idea is that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that an agreement has been reached. Uh, And that agreement that has been reached has been reached in the Godhead, between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it is an amazing agreement. So that guarantee that we have is basically between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and indwell us. And as the Holy Spirit comes and indwells those who believe, he becomes the guarantee that whatever God has said that will happen, which includes eternal life, uh, to be with God forever and ever, to be in his presence, to... Now, um, can I see to receive the crown of righteousness? All the things that God promised to His children are all, let's call it, yes and amen. Uh, it will all happen, and the reason why it will happen is because we have the Holy Spirit as the guarantee. Okay, and it is guaranteed that whatever God has said will be fulfilled. Now, as the guarantee, the Holy Spirit is basically um, a guarantee of God's promises. Now, it's interesting. Many of us do not really know God's promises. So, we can't even look forward to to, um, certain things because we don't know that God actually promised these things to us. Now, Obviously, the the greatest promise that we have in Scripture is the promise of eternal life, the promise of going to heaven, the promise of a new heaven and a new earth, the promise of the new Jerusalem where we will stay, the promise of God that that is the light that shines uh, in this, this new Jerusalem, that we will no longer need the sun, we will no longer need any planets and things like that because God will be everything that we need. And the Holy Spirit is that guarantee, that down payment, that first installment, that deposit that tells us that everything else that God said will come true. Now, as the guarantee, the Holy Spirit also guarantees the security of believers. That we are indeed God's children and that we will, He will make sure that we continue to be God's children Till the day he takes us to be with him forever and ever. The Holy Spirit is that guarantee. Beloved, I don't know if we really grasp the the, the awesomeness of this picture. This picture of the Holy Spirit being God's guarantee that whatever he said, whatever he promised to his children, to his people, he will fulfill it he will do it there's a promise if you can remember it's unfortunately been hijacked by 
the uh, LGBTQ community. Uh, and I don't know what, how they can hijack such an amazing uh, promise that God has given us. And that promise is the rainbow. Remember after the flood, God gave the rainbow as a, as a promise, as a sign, basically as a guarantee. Whenever we see the rainbow, we can know for certain that God, in His infinite wisdom, in His infinite mercy, even though He, he righteously or rightfully judged the world and destroyed everyone except um, eight people, you know, in the flood, God promises through the rainbow that it will never ever happen again. It is when we see the, the, the rainbow, it is basically a guarantee from God in the clouds to, prom- to, to, to tell us that his promise of never flooding the earth again, the whole of the earth, uh, that it will never happen again. So the Holy Spirit that dwells within us is the guarantee that we will have eternal life, that we will continue to walk in Christ, that we will follow Him, that we will serve Him, that we will, uh, how can I say, be obedient to Him. The Holy Spirit won't, well, we can say the Holy Spirit won't force us to be obedient, but actually there, there is such a thing as discipline. If we are disobedient and we continually, continually uh, disobey God's commandments, then God will discipline us. And why does he discipline us? He disciplines us to correct wrong behavior because God wants us to do what is right. Okay, so the Holy Spirit will basically discipline us if we are, uh, can I say, if we wander off, if we start playing with sin, when we are doing things that are not pleasing to God. The Holy Spirit will discipline us to bring us back to the truth and he will make sure that God's people will Uh, how can I say, Uh, continue in Christ to the end. That's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee, actually, because He dwells within us. And because He dwells within us, He will make sure that we will um, finish the race. All right? Because the work that God has started in us, He will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Okay? The good work He started in us. He's the one who works in us to, to, to do and to will according to His good pleasure. All right, so in that sense, the Holy Spirit is that guarantee. He is the guarantee in us to, that uh, we will make sure that the promises of God will be fulfilled. What a picture. I believe it's an amazing picture um, that we can just thank God for. That we have that guarantee. We have the Holy Spirit as that guarantee. All right, but then the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit is like fire. Another picture. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, we read Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit is as a fire. Now it's, it's these divided tongues that came upon the disciples when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So you have this picture when Jesus was in the, um, baptized in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit came down upon him as a, as a dove. 
and on the disciples, when they were in the upper room waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon them uh, in tongues of fire. Now, this, this is such a beautiful picture because fire has got a lot of functions. Uh, fire heats. When we are cold, you just light the fire and it heats up things. We can cook on fire, but also fire can, can, can purify. If you take gold and you purify it in fire or any um, metal, depending on how hot you make the fire, at the end of the day, it will purify that metal. Okay. Now, it wasn't unusual for God to basically reveal himself by using fire. And, and by the way, I think it was something that the people would actually understand about God. Because remember in the Old Testament, it was fire who showed the presence of God. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2, for example, says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. This is to Moses. Nah. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. That was a miracle. But still there was fire. So God revealed himself through fire. Okay, that, that basically showed Moses that God was present with him. And, and the way that God was present with him was in the fire that didn't consume the bush. It's, it's so beautiful. What a picture. God is, the scripture says, God is a consuming fire. But here when he speaks to Moses and when he calls Moses to go and lead the people, the people of Israel, the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage and out of slavery, uh, it's amazing that God speaks to Moses through a burning bush, but the bush never burns. That shows that it is a miracle that took place. Right, so fire basically showed the presence of God. Okay, so it's, that's kind of obvious that the Holy Spirit, who is the third person in the, tri in, in the, the, um, in the Godhead, uh, when he came upon the Holy Spirit, upon the, um, the disciples, that he would come with tongues of fire. Now, it's kind of, you would think, yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. But then fire also showed the approval of God. In Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23 to 24, we read the following. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. And then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. So, God approves of the sacrifice, and the people were so overwhelmed because God appeared to them in the form of fire. Right? Uh, and this consuming fire. It says, uh, verse 24, it says, And the fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. So when the people saw that, when... when uh, this fire just consumed the the offering. Uh, the people shouted, and then they fell on their faces faces in worship. Uh, you remember Elijah? Now with the Baal prophets or the Baal priests. You remember when that major miracle happened, and and fire came down from heaven, and not only consumed the sacrifice 
that Elijah brought, but consumed the whole altar, altar with all the water that was poured out on the altar. And it just showed that God approved of Elijah, but he did not approve of the Baal priests. So what a picture we have in Scripture as, how can I say, that fire basically shows us the approval of God. But then, fire also shows us the judgment of God. We mustn't forget that. In Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, we read that uh, Nadab and Abihu, that's the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. He put inc- they put pe- incense in it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Right, so here are the sons of Aaron bringing a sacrifice, well, the incense that would, uh, that's supposed to be this beautiful flavor in, in the sight of God. But they did something that God did not command them. So it says in verse 2 of Leviticus 10, So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. So this is God's judgment. Beloved, it, it, is, it is serious. And how did God show his judgment? Fire. What about Sodom and Gomorrah? It was fire that came from heaven. What, are gonna hap- what, what will be happening to those who are not in Christ when uh, the white throne judgment of God takes place and everybody's ca- everything is cast into the lake of fire? Um, it's those who did not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with the devil, the Antichrist and the false prophet will be cast, and Hades, will be cast into the lake of fire. And that's God's judgment. Yo, so if we look at this, you know, the fact that uh, fire shows God's judgment, fire shows God's approval, and God show, uh, fire shows God's presence, we can say that these are pictures now that that clearly shows us something about the Holy Spirit. But then the Holy Spirit also, oh, sorry, the Bible also tells us, we can say it's the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit inspired the Scriptures. Uh, He inspired the writers of the Scriptures to write the Scriptures. So in a sense, the Scriptures, the Bible, is the work of the Holy Spirit through the writers of the the Bible. But anyway, the, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is like oil. In Luke chapter 4, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, and he was reading from Isaiah. Ne? It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And this anointing is basically done by with oil. Ne? The anointing. When a king was anointed, like for example David, Saul, when he was anointed as king, they, they uh, the prophet would come and basically pour out oil over the head of the, the king. And that's the way that the king would be anointed. So Jesus says, uh, in referring to the Isaiah prophecy about him as the Messiah, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Absolutely amazing. So, the, how can I say, the Holy Spirit is as oil. Nah? It's just like oil. Because the Holy Spirit has come upon Jesus Christ. Nah? But the picture is, it's like oil that, that came over Christ. Absolutely amazing. Now, in Zechariah, 
chapter 4, verse 1 to 14, oil is basically used to, to show the Holy Spirit's power to strengthen people, but as well as showing the continual presence of that power, no? because the oil basically flowed all the time. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, oil was used to appoint Saul as king. In Exodus chapter 27, verse 20 and 21, and in 1 John 2, 20, oil was basically used to bring light. And in Leviticus chapter 80, verse 30, and 14, verse 17, also Romans 8, 2, and 3, oil was used to basically cleanse and to make holy. These are all pictures of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, and it's so beautiful because it teaches us so much about the Holy Spirit. And, and it's such a blessing for us to be able to get to know God and to get to know the Spirit, to get to know the Son, uh, to get, gain knowledge, but also insight as God has revealed in His Word about who the triune God is, who, who is the Father, who is the Son, who is the Holy Spirit within the Godhead. Uh, and, and just absolutely amazing. What, what are their functions? What, what do they do? Uh, and, and these pictures we find in Scripture actually helps us to, um, to understand a little bit more. All right, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that your word actually teaches us or shows us through these pictures uh, who the Holy Spirit is so we can understand more. And Father, we pray, please open up our hearts to, uh, to receive and our minds to understand so that we can have knowledge about the Holy Spirit and not follow after these false things that is being said about the Holy Spirit, that he is a, a force or a power, but rather that we understand that he is a person and that there are different pictures of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Help us to understand these things, to apply it to our lives and to live in accordance to that, we pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and may He give you His peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.